0: This week we're talking about epic boons and how to give them out to lower level characters. Plus we're going to finish off naming and writing the lore for a brand new dice dungeon set as well as giving you the chance to win one of four brand new sets. Welcome to We Speak Common. Hello and welcome to another episode of We Speak Common, brought to you in partnership with the Dice Dungeon UK, your one-stop shop for UK-shipped metal and resin dice, with an exciting new 15-set release coming out in, I think, like, a matter of days, Joe. We'll talk about that a little bit later. First, though, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well, Benjamin. How are you? (laughs) The Benjamin still gets me. I'm alright. I'm good. Um, I'm, I'm just too hot, to be honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I am uh, sweltering right now, which Mm -hmm. is not fun,
0: to be honest, but uh, there you go. It is meant to rain this afternoon, which I think will cool us down, but to be honest, I'm looking at the sky and I'm not seeing any clouds, so...
1: No, no, so it's... uh, Yeah, I mean, I've not got much hope, but I think I'm just going to slowly melt into the ground and become one with the earth.
0: As you do, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty. It seems the only way forward at this point, to be honest. Standard course of action, if you ask me. I don't know where you're going to go with that, but I'm, I'm... I mean, you know, Ben, look, at
1: this point, right, uh, these openings to, the, to these podcasts, I mean, if anyone's been listening for a while, I don't really know what they expect anymore. They certainly don't expect uh, professionalism. Right, or, okay. Or quality, at least in the first five minutes. Well, so we,
0: take a while. we take a while to get revved up. I'm I'm glad that you've let go of the expectation of quality and mm-hmm. composure as well. I'm, not, you know, mm-hmm. I think it, it 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 starts with us. So I'm glad that you've yeah. given up too. Yeah, no, I gave up sort of thirty, forty episodes ago. So oh, uh, you you lasted longer than I thought you would. Then <laughs> <was> brilliant, thanks, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> oh mate. Oh dear. We haven't um we haven't played D and D since we last recorded, so we can't talk about our games. No, no. Well. No wait, we have we've played one, oh, we played session. dragon Heist one, yeah, we played oh, one yeah, 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 okay. yeah we
1: played one, and there is actually something to quickly actually, go over there that is quite that was quite a good session, I just want to say, fuck James,
0: his, <laughs> whoa, he's conniving
1: little dealings he's. Backstabbing little character, you you his little wizard. You can't hero, say these
0: things. The
1: little backstabbing <laughs> bastard is all I can really put forward there.
0: Okay, now. Alright, that's where we're starting the episode, okay? <laughs> so for um for context, the party got their hands on the Stone of Galore, which is the main MacGuffin of the Dragon Heist storyline. Um mm-hmm. and James, his character Kiro as a wizard, has had his lot in with the black stuff and um kind of of he's only met her once the open lord of waterdeep lyril silverhand and uh it just so happened um the party had a you had a free, I think I'm quite proud of last session I, was, I think it was a very good one there was a lot of a lot of all of the pillars I think um I think oh, I think the only thing we didn't have was was good combat but we didn't need it after what happened the session before um you went and had your your meeting with Jarl Axel, you, you played the cards, you started to put the pieces together, you snuck around his ship and had a good look around, and then you got home, you were tuned to the stone, and he started asking it questions, and we ended on the cliffhanger of the Black Staff and the Open Lord, barging and demanding the stone. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, well, actually, actually, what they actually said was, well done, Kiro, okay, hand it over.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I got a few problems with this, and I was so uh, well, I I mean, me Joe doesn't care, you know, he's up for a good story. Yeah. But Joe's character Cowrie was uh, well, he he doesn't know yet, but he will be incensed by this, <laughs> uh, to say the least. I even wrote, I, I literally wrote down some thoughts after the episode oh, about mate. what I'm gonna have Cowrie say to him because I thought oh, I need to, I need to figure this out. I need to get in this headspace, Ben. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna. Relay some of that to you now, okay? So, my first okay. line is broken trust. <laughs> oh, god, sanctity of the group destroyed <laughs> that which is most sacred <laughs> and that Carrie Ka- cares about the most. Uh-huh. Because, Ben, when you're a career criminal, yeah, uh, trust is very difficult to come by. Mm-hmm. So, when you can find a group that you can trust, which Carrie has pretty much done with everyone in the group now, uh. You know that's uh, that's very special, and he's just destroyed that completely and utterly destroyed it. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so um, I've put here he's sided with the devils in sheep's clothing, which he has. Bloody hell! Which he has because uh, although the the black staff and the open lords and all that they claim to be the good guys, but they're not. Okay. They let evil ransack this city without. (laughs) You know, so as long as their hands are clean They don't care Uh, You know, I've put instead of fighting The monsters, he's joined them Uh, And this is very clear And I've put a a very key point here And basically emphasise I've put here, these are notes to myself (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Emphasise that they let evil take place E.g. brain sucking Of bar stuff Uh, Some mind flayers are sort of in the sea Doing some bad things Mm. And the good guys know about this what are they doing about it? Well, it's easier for them to do nothing, so they're doing nothing. I've uh, put and I've put which Carrie knows the pain of, as he also has had his brain removed from he his has head previously. Had, yeah, he has had so his brain So he knows sucked. the
0: personal struggle of this. Uh but that doesn't matter. To I mean either. you don't often come back from having your brain sucked. You were kind of an outlier there. So Exactly, exactly. Uh mm. so if anyone knows the severity of this, it's Carrie.
1: Uh and here, here I've got this. I've put and he did this because he is a coward. Now, I suspect oh. that Kiro may be a coward oh, God. earlier on. He made some cowardly-like plays, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, early on in the campaign. But this is solidified in Kauri's mind. I mean, uh, also a bit confusing, Kauri Kiro. Kauri's Kaori, my character. Kiro's his James character. Mm-hmm. Uh, this wasn't that, confusing for us to begin with at all. Yep. Uh, uh, that Kiro is absolutely a coward, Ben, because he's just doing it to save his own skin. He even said himself after the session... He doesn't want to go into the uh into the vault on his own he doesn't want to what if I die well you're a D and d character okay it's what happens <laughs> uh, <laughs> says the one that's died and been reborn exactly I've put looking after his own skin and career progression uh and then I've put here but beyond all of that, Carrie would have let that all go mmm. He would have gone with the group decision. If the group decided, hey, we want to give it to the black staff and that, Carry would have protested and kicked off. But in the end, you know, he's outvoted. Mm-hmm. What's he going to do? Mm-hmm. He would accept accepted. So I would have let all that go if he had just asked first. Yeah, yeah, that's the Ban- big one. My final line is, "You bring shame to us all." Oh, there you go. Oh. There you go. So <laughs> those you... are the feelings that will be rolling into the next session. Great. I'm looking forward to refereeing that. Um... Honestly, I feel like Carry might just leave. Like he has no, no reason to to stay. Now he just he's, he's he's thing is, I think the group he feels like the group undervalues him. Yeah, mm. he feels like because everyone's just trying to. Shit on his plans, and yes, they're somewhat. Uh, the legality of his plans are often questionable. Okay, mm. I accept this. I accept this, but everyone in the group has done some pretty heinous stuff, and uh, ultimately, he is there for the betterment of them all. Right? Yeah, he's trying to do, and he's quite literally bound with madness to uh, to cleanse the city of Xanathar and his uh evil ilk Mm.
0: it's his it's quite i think it's quite an altruistic goal at the end of the day so james um last session when you when you got the stone um not not last session when all this happened the session before when you when you raided Mm. the villa he sent me a message because you had a bit of downtime saying i'm gonna i'm gonna write a letter and leave it for the black staff that just says i've got it um i was like okay fine and he i remember james thinking saying to me like oh i've done i've done what kira do i don't know if that's the right thing i don't know if she's gonna be angry at me that i've gone for it or what because he wants to basically be the new black stuff he wants to be her apprentice and uh he went a to, very selfish goal. yeah yeah well yeah he um he tried to go and have a meeting with her during this session last week's session and he turned up and i was like she's not there mate she's out at the moment she's busy He was like oh 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 okay and he said to me afterwards, when you told me that she wasn't in, I was like, oh, shit, she's in a meeting with the Open Lord. That's like, well, you guessed it, because they've come to collect, mate. Well, here's the thing, like,
1: from Ki- from Cowrie's perspective, right, if he he would be less upset if he felt like Kiro was doing it for like, altruistic reasons, mm-hmm. that he really thought this was the best way forward, but Howie really doesn't think that he actually believes that because they've literally discussed and agreed upon as a group pretty much in that session that, look, it's pretty much way too dangerous to give it to anyone else other than ourselves. Yeah. We should probably just follow this lead, at least get the money first, and then we can decide what to do with it. Like giving it to anyone else right now is because we basically weighed up all the options, didn't we, of who... We could potentially work with. Yeah, the only and one
0: you don't know about. There's still one player yeah, in the, the game only... that's hidden from you. But, but we couldn't.
1: We we couldn't pick that person because we just don't know the. Yeah, you don't know who they are. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know who they are. And we don't know what they they value. And we weighed it all up. Literally put it on a whiteboard and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and basically came to the conclusion that for now it's safer if we just do it ourselves. But Kira, being the coward that he is, didn't want to do that. And he thought he'd uh, just get some renown. He just just yep. get some renown <clears throat> with these uh, guilds and whatnot that he cares about. Mm-hmm. Which is, from Carrie's perspective, so so selfish, Ben. And because because Carrie feels like he he puts his life on the line like every day for the group. And he feels like because he's the rogue, he's always sneaking in by himself. He doesn't mm-hmm. have the like if things go wrong for him, it's basically death a yeah. lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. Whereas so he, he feels like he, he has one of the more dangerous roles within the group. But he's happy to do it because he's doing it for the group, but now that's all his trust has just been obliterated. Mm. Just completely. And he was slowly building up the trust. Like he he actually quite likes Orlo a lot for as much as I I, Joe, enjoyed yeah. doing Orlo shit. Cowrie actually likes him a lot because he's just a straight guy. He literally just says, like, what do you want, Orlo? He's like, I want to be big and powerful and you just can't argue with a guy like that mm. you know he's just wearing his heart on his sleeve I there appreciate is that. there is stuff he hasn't told you you know like but but ultimately he understands who orlo is as yeah. a person orlo's not trying
0: to hide his uh he's not trying to pretend like he's a good guy no he's he likes to do things to be good for other people but at the end of the day he will put himself first and his friends yeah. first. and he doesn't lie about it so he appreciates that Lilith,
1: the bard, mm, more questionable to be honest. It's a love it's hate bait. relationship there, there, isn't it? It's mostly a hate hate relationship. Uh, there <laughs> at the minute, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. There's a mutual. Him. There's a mutual respect, but mm, there's problems. there. And then you've got Brom, who's just the light in all of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a, an absolute just precious so boy that must innocent. be protected. Oh, he is, and so powerful yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: And and so wise. <laughs> it, and so dumb. Just it's the perfect yeah, combination. Uh, it's amazing. I think if um, if Cowrie does walk away from the party, Orlo mm. will proposition him because Orlo needs to go on a bit of a um, bit of an adventure of his own, and he could do with some help. So, and and Orlo quite respects Cowrie's uh, ability to take what he needs. I don't think he'll come though, because he needs to kill the Xanathar,
1: and he's bound to do that.
0: Mm. Mm. And
1: he can't. He can't escape that now it is ingrained in him that that's that's what he's got what to do needs. that's what he's got to do so he needs to go and somehow figure out a way to do it and uh that will probably mean doing a lot more heinous stuff to get in his good books i guess he's because his plan was maybe if the group agreed to let xanathar in on some aspect of their plan or whatever just like build his trust mm. uh it's no the reason he bumped up Try to get more cash out of this potential haberdashery heist is just so he can really get in Xanathar's good books by giving him all this money. Uh, But so, but the problem, I think, the thing is, Cowrie's problem is that everything he does on the surface seems like very selfish, Mm. Uh, but underneath, he actually he's not really doing it for himself. Because if he was doing it for himself, he would like he would just go rob that haberdashery, get the money. Buy a load of stuff, live well. That's like his dream, basically. <laughs> it's all he wants to do, and, and and bring his brother up to the city and just have a great time. But now he's like, he's got a conscience, Ben, which he doesn't appreciate, mm. uh, and that's causing him problems. So, yeah, I mean, it all kicked off last session. Who knows where it's going to go now? But I, I suspect uh, the rest of the party will
0: side with with Kiro
1: on this. I don't so know. We're gonna have Kari to see what will probably be
0: on his own. There's there's uh, going to be some conflict, but I mean we've got a week off because I've I've got to take some some time away. But when um, so we're looking, I think we're probably not going to play for another week. But when we do, it's going to be a uh, uh, quite a quite an explosive session, I think, to begin with. And I think most of the session will be just <laughs> just this conversation. To be fair, like I, I can see you guys sitting around and talking for hours. I can I can see that
1: happening, and uh, but I just don't know how it could be resolved now because cowrie really is of the impression that kiro is just is just cowardly now and out for himself
0: mm. and i think it'd be pretty tricky to convince him otherwise i think people like brom like brom will just try and make everyone be friends again and be like see it from his side see it from this side but we can do this whereas i think if like if Orlo sees uh cowrie trying to leave he'll be like look you're not happy mm. i get it but lesser evil well
1: it's going to be interesting to see what brom does because brom's always like the the peacekeeper and, mm. the, and the mediator mm. but i think Bro- i was <sighs> probably probably gonna, just going to throw down a
0: bit of an ultimatum here and mm. just say look like pick i don't think because... um i don't think brom's going to be happy that uh, kiro has done this i don't think he's going to be too chuffed about it because he's 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 been learning and i think he is going to see the the nastiness of going behind people's backs but then the other side of it as well is that you've now literally got two of the most powerful witches standing over you saying no we know you've got it give it to us so you've also got to convince them to just not take it at this point mm.
1: well that's the thing like we yeah, we can't Uh, I don't see any way of of hanging on to the stone now unless like There'd be no way Kauri could convince them. No. So let him keep it. It would have to be Kiro who would have to convince them. Mm-hmm. But he's
0: currently on their side, right? Mm-hmm. So, But I don't think he actually wants to give it over. I think he just wants them on. I just, like, he wants to be in their books. send
1: the letter then, the lunatic?
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. That's... See, he's trying to have his cake and eat it too, ben. Yeah. And you can't have both. Uh-huh. You can't get the renown and keep the stone. Well, we're just going to have to wait and see what happens, I think. But it'll be interesting, to say the least.
1: Oh dear, it's, uh, yeah, it's a stressful one, but I was like, in character as Carrier. I was like, oh my god, I'm actually like, physically hurt by this betrayal. That's, de- <laughs> that's character
0: development though, because you didn't have friends.
1: No, he didn't, and the thing is that he, he doesn't have to like any of these people, and they don't have to like him, but he does care that they they trust him and Cowrie has pretty much never lied to a- i've tried to be as consistent as i can with this he's never lied to- he's, he's danced around the truth a lot mm. right but he's never outright misled any of them uh i mean he was pretty open when he was joining the xanathar that that's what he was doing he didn't mm. lie about any of that to them tell them he always brings brom <laughs> whenever he goes on any of these yeah he kind of can't hide anything from brom <laughs> but it's mostly he brings brom mostly because he's like okay I, i'm he's afraid that he'll he himself will make some questionable decisions mm. and he he knows that brom will pretty much keep him on the straight and narrow so yeah. he uh he brings him along for that reason yeah but there you go it's uh it's all kicking off mate
0: it is all kicking off and then we've we'll, we'll have to uh get one of your sessions in as well once I once I'm back off this little trip too
1: yeah for sure no for sure i was planning some of that the uh the other day and there's certainly some fun stuff to come up Again, all
0: depending on what happens in the first five minutes God. of the session, basically. <laughs> yeah, that's both yeah. how how both of our games are now just set up to run.
1: It's, yeah, it's whatever hard to happens plan in the finest minutes. Point.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we're going to talk about um, a couple of things uh, in in this episode because we need to. Well, we need to give away uh, a little bit of news on behalf of the Dice Dungeon. We also need to finish like naming and putting the story to their new soon to be released arcane prism set and then we've got a little bit of an announcement of our own uh but we've also got a topic to get to so what do you want to do first i'm gonna let you choose okay uh man i feel like we need to we need to hash out this naming thing now. okay okay so um let's okay so if you don't know the dice dungeon um wonderful partners of the podcast have a set of three metal dice they are uh, the arcane prism set and the story behind them is that uh ancient arcane evils have been locked away in the dice there's a fourth set coming out a gold set and they've given us the tricky task of naming and writing the story to this set now we got to where did we get to we said we wanted to pick a good creature because it was like gold and noble right yep so and we went with the uh Kieran, which is like much. the better version
1: like, of a of a unicorn it's like a super golden unicorn yeah. basically
0: is uh, i actually found a uh, a 5e stat block for them they are huge celestial creatures right they can fly 120 feet and they just hover in the air
1: <laughs> got, yeah no they're awesome
0: they have uh they speak every language telep- uh telepathically um they, ha- they have they're a challenge rating of 12 and they're an 18th level caster do you know what's what you know where I first found out about them Come. is uh, is in
1: uh strongholds and followers mm-hmm. you obviously when you build your stronghold and whatnot in that book you you can gain different retainers and followers and whatnot and it's all done on like a dice roll yeah and essentially for the paladin the very best creature you can get is a Kirin to be your uh, your mount mm-hmm Mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god
0: so, how amazing that would be so OP <laughs> it would be so powerful that, that would be the thing that you reward a 20th level character which is something we'll talk about later
1: interesting
0: oh. interesting wow okay so let's let's hash this out so what are we going for the name because we're not going to call it Kirin because that's the name of the creature we liked the name what was it so what I have an idea so what's the name of the, the god
1: of the Kirins or the one they follow or... um,
0: the name of the god is Corell
1: Corel Now we also did a bit of googling on uh, Carel the something. vigilant. Yeah, we did. We went on like farmers' haberdashery or something like that uh, <laughs> to, to figure out <laughs> yeah. what you call like a group of horses. You can call them studs. I think it's a bit on the nose. We'll we'll leave that one. Yeah. Um, but apparently, a harass is also a group of horses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or something along those lines. Uh, a you know a, a stampeding group of horses. So the name of the god is. Say so again. It's Corel. Kirill. So it could be like Kirill's golden harass or something like that. I'm imagining like a bunch of Kirins, you know, mm-hmm. in the dice itself all stampeding along. Oh, so along. not just one?
0: So yeah, when you I mean, roll the dice, you get the, sta- the 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 stampede of the Kirill. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly.
1: Uh, so, uh, that, I mean, that's my rough idea. Uh, okay, well, there
0: is a rule. We do have to stick to the um, the motif of the arcane prison set. So the name has to be something the golden. See, that's tricky. That's, that's limiting. Mm. Uh, well, blame, blame Ben at the Dice Dungeon, not me. <laughs> I, I do. I, I blame him for most of the ills in my life. Okay, so I was, You're, that's you know. good to know. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so how about we do we could do Harass the Golden?
1: No, because that's just like Group of Horses, the
0: Golden. <laughs> okay. <laughs> lot, okay. doesn't make a lot of sense. We could, uh, just, we could just use Kirill, but I don't know if there's a copyright problem there. Kirill the Golden. Mm. But
1: he's just like a... I mean, would the god itself be in the dice? Yeah. Well, I the, don't know how well, esoteric the, the, we need to get with this. The
0: guy. Arcane Prism sets are um, are ancient evils, so they are like godly creatures. Mm. Hang on, I'll, I'll, let me get up one of their existing sets and I will, I will let you know.
1: Ooh. See, this is tricky, Ben. And what's we've got to think about the law behind this as well? Oh, we? I've,
0: so I've got an idea for this. Um, obviously, we asked okay. uh, we asked for some suggestions, didn't we, last last week? Um, so we did. okay, so hang on. So, Arcane Prison Collection: The set holds captive the evil Gaius the Green, who was locked away by a powerful wizard. So it could be they don't say it's a god. I I envision Gaius being like an evil god, but it, I guess I guess they don't specify. Um, so someone suggested that while we joke about putting, uh, putting our brand to some dice and Ben said that we can't do that, I figured one way to get around that is instead of putting We Speak Common into the story of the dice we could put our characters into the story of the dice <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't see why not i mean that that's not against the rules we've not put our brand in there at all have we no not at all no not ben's not probably like his ears are burning right now and he's thinking something's wrong i can feel a disturbance in the force <laughs> um so i think the story has to has to involve orlo and Cowrie, or or one of your other characters whichever one you want to throw in well them.
1: if it i mean if it's golden we're going for the golden like lawful good motif
0: it's it's got to be galahad isn't it okay well, well be. both of my characters are kind of evil so i can't really yeah i, I, I don't know how they fit but mm, uh... well, we'll put him in there maybe maybe he <laughs> needed the help of a wizard so he he hired orlo it's fine orlo kind of is hired to deal with occult problems so it would make sense that does make sense yeah true okay true. he's got a special specialty there
1: so we've got okay we've got these two characters but how do they fit into the overall motif i suppose so the
0: the story we were going for yet last week and tell me if you want to change this was that um the idea behind these dice was that the corinne or carill or whoever's in the dice was the the guardian of the other three sets the evil sets so like to lock them away you had to lock this guy away too um as like the the payment so maybe orlo and galahad team up to fulfill the the prophecy or I don't know I'm trying to be big and stoic about mm-hmm. it or they, no, they had to do the uh, the ritual to to seal him away mm, all right okay. so so obviously Galahad's the connection to the celestial side and Orlo's the one doing the ritual okay so maybe Galahad and Orlo uh, two peas in a pod these guys oh yeah
1: uh, <laughs> need to go on some sort of quest to convince a uh, Kirin or whatnot to basically enslave itself in this dice for the greater good.
0: Yeah, for, for the greater uh, so or good.
1: So, so they just need to convince this godly being or creature to do that, oh. which seems very plausible for these two. They're
0: capable blokes. Um. Yeah. Do you want to know some allies and some foes of Kirill? Maybe we can nick a name from there. Ooh. So uh, Kirill's allies, the other good-aligned gods, are people like Paylor, Helm, um, I don't know how to pronounce that one, Bahamut, Celestian... Heimdall oh, Heimdall's always a good name, in it Tear, Torn. Um, but they're all existing mm. gods. He's got good mates then, he's got good mates. Yeah, he's got he's got a good bunch. Good good gang. Ah, oh, uh, interesting.
1: Very interesting. Well, yeah, no, I like the idea. Gar and Orla going on this quest and they uh they beseech the uh help of this creature to lock it in. So I suppose it will be uh yeah, some sort of Kirin that's in there. Riding around, mm-hmm. almost corralling these other dark beings like a, like a sheepdog. <laughs> <I guess. laughs>
0: Great, okay. So, so the name is Kirill the Golden, and the story is that uh, to seal away the ancient evils in the arcane prisms, two adventurers, Orlo and Galahad, uh, convinced the Kirin to uh, sacrifice themselves as part of an ancient ritual or something like that.
1: Okay, yeah. So if we're going with Kirill the Golden, so he's actually in there himself, then the, yeah. big, the big boy, the big boy, the big boy. Yeah, with the I suppose with his uh, Kirin, maybe he's got like a herd of maybe he's got a harass. Crying. Yeah, yeah, he's got a harass of Kirin. Kirill the Golden. There you go, and he's uh he's uh he's riding around. No, I like that. So we could just do uh Kirin the uh the Golden then to stick with the the naming convention. Mm-hmm. And Wait, uh, so Kirin or Kirill? Or oh, Kirill. No, yeah, Kirill. Kirill the Kirill Okay, cool. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I mean, I hope I've not read much into Kirill. I hope he's a good
0: bloke. I mean, um, I'm looking at. Wrong. He seems like a, a as a great foe, uh, as a great force of good across the multiverse. It is fitting that their patron Kirill is suitably power, suitably powerful. He's said to be the swiftest being in the multiverse, constantly flying to aid those threatened by great evil, and only staying long enough to thwart the plot before moving on again. Well, we're changing that. Cause we're looking down. Well, he's yeah, but maybe he's just—he's constantly flying around on his Kirin, <laughs> his, patrolling. Hang on. His love of life is so great that it is said he will not willingly tread upon the ground, lest he harm one blade of grass or one lowly insect, and so spends like all his time in mm. the skies. I like that. Yeah, so he's just flying around with his Kirin uh,
1: around the bounds of these other dice, ensuring that these uh, mm. dark forces never i like Never, it
0: you know penetrate the world and uh good use of the, the word harm. penetrate there well done okay mm-hmm. and uh in the bio on the website ben and dave of the ice dungeon you have to include all of galahad now that's just the rules we don't make well, it's canon isn't it yeah it is it, it is it is. it is literally canon now they made us come up with canon so that's what you get mm-hmm. that's what you get i'm afraid um there was a whole point in us doing this as well by the way joe did i tell you uh no i i I basically just went along with it. Wake up zombily and
1: roll into these cools yeah. and sort of you just kind of plan all the rest. Mm-hmm.
0: So. so, I don't know if you know this, but this is our 98th episode. So, in two weeks' time, we will be at episode 100. My goodness. I know. So, to coincide with that, uh, the Dice Dungeon are going to release this brand new golden set of the Arcane Prism series um, on our 100th episode. So to celebrate, we're going to be giving away uh, four sets, one of each of the Arcane Prism. So a guy's the Green, an Ox the Shade, a Tilda the Blue and one of these new sets, which I guess will now be called Kirill the Golden unless Ben completely puts his foot down and says, no, we can't mm-hmm. do that. But that's fine. <laughs> we had some fun with it. Um, so what we'll do is um, I, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the 20th of August, there will be a tweet pinned on our uh, Twitter bio and over on the Dice Dungeon 1 2 I think uh, that you can like retweet and follow to enter in and you'll have until next Thursday so you have a week to enter we're
1: a generous bunch we're we? good aren't we
0: well I mean they are really uh, but
1: <laughs> and that, that just goes to show you know for us high quality or low content, low quality content this podcast provides, you
0: always get something worth, you're always worth listening because you can just get free stuff, right? Yeah. So Um, there's no downside really. So we'll, uh, we'll announce the winners on episode 100. So you'll have a week to get in and then you have a little bit of a week waiting time to find out who's the winner is, but we'll announce it on the episode and then we'll stick some tweets up after that too. So um, yeah, go have a look because it'll be there now. And if you're listening after Thursday, you've only got until what will be the 27th to enter. So go, go, go. Um, nice there is one other thing we should talk about as well for the dice dungeon and that's just to keep an eye out uh it might already be out there but they are also um announcing a new nebula collection sets of dice named after the different nebulas which we've seen and they are blooming gorgeous so um while you're looking for that entry make sure you have a look at those two.
1: Oh yeah very nice see like, uh, it, it all comes together yeah, perfect
0: Perfect for your Spelljammer campaign. Oh, oh, let's, let's, yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, don't don't get me excited about Spelljammer. I'll talk about it for hours. We should do an episode on it one day, Joe. Yeah, I
1: mean, I know very little about it other than it's like, you know, Treasure Planet, basically. Yeah, kind of. D and D.
0: Oh, okay. So we should definitely do this soon because hearing it for the first time like fries your brain, and it's it's always <laughs> always great fun. We'll we'll do that in the coming weeks. Um, right now though, we're going to talk about uh, epic boons. Oh. Nice, yeah. I do
1: like a good epic boon or well, any boon really. Any boon, yeah. yeah.
0: So, um, I should say these—they're called epic boons in the DMG, and they're for like rewarding players after twentieth level. But I actually kind of want to talk about how we could use them throughout a campaign because not many people play that high, do they?
1: No, um, well, I've I've put a couple of boons in my campaign already, mm-hmm. uh, which you guys experienced, although. Half the characters who got those boons are no longer in the campaign. Yep, true. But uh, So basically, I had a a quite pivotal event in my campaign where the players came across some very, very old magical power Mm -hmm. deep under the uh, city of Novenia. And upon coming into contact with this power, we sort of did a bit of a dice roll, and they got a somewhat randomized uh, boon, uh, which varied from just essentially an ASI stat bump of two, which is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh one of them got on his melee attacks he gets a, he can leech a d4 of of life basically. Mm-hmm. He deals like an extra d4 necrotic damage and that damage is then converted to healing him which was quite nice. I can't I think one Oh yeah, the the monk got an extra plus 1 to his dc for a stunning strike which was uh pretty a good mistake to be honest on my <laughs> part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you overlooked that one, didn't you? <laughs> uh it, it was okay in the end once you get to a bit higher levels. But there's like there's like a, for as much as I, I rag on the monk, there's like a small area in there when they sort of very first get Stunning Strike where it can be quite good mm. until the con saves sort of rack up. But yeah, and then I can't remember what the wizard got. The wizard got something. but So those were like small... Uh, Variants of these much more greater boons that you can get at 20th level. I do like the idea that they've accounted for once you because people think, Oh, you get to 20th and you end your campaign. Well, yeah, pretty much. But it is fun to sometimes keep the keep bringing those characters keep back. Keep going. Like, yeah. So yeah. J- normally, I reckon for most campaigns, you get to 20th and then in like two or three sessions, the campaign ends because you get to 20th, you get all your capstones and whatnot for the final battle. Yeah. But. I would, if I was like playing as play I may want to play like maybe 10 sessions as a level 20 character just cuz it's pretty fun to like okay I've I've spent so much time in this world let me just
0: destroy it now as my <laughs> 20 level character. It's like <laughs> when you hit save on GTA and you just go on a five star yeah. rampage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But
1: it's cool that you can continually get powers. So they recommend giving these out pretty much every 30,000 XP or yeah, if you want to have a look at these
0: quest completions um page 231 and 232 of the dmg is where we're looking so that's there's a little a little paragraph wait, it's about four paragraphs on epic boons and then there's just a whole page of suggested ones and actually i'm just having a look at them and while they are suggested for beyond 20th level um you can probably take these and change them into just slightly less powerful versions honestly a lot of them are not that good for Mm. a 20th character there are a couple that don't fit the bill
1: no, but like, so you've got, so combat prowess. Basically, you can turn a miss into a hit once every short rest. Pretty good, pretty strong, mm. but it is just one attack at the end of the day. Uh, so Boon of Dimensional Travel is an action you can cast Misty Step spell without using spell slot or components. Once you do so, you can't use
0: this until you, again until you finish short rest. One Misty Step every short rest? Yeah, is that not... 20th level mm. appropriate? Mm. Yeah, so like stuff like that, know. you could reward, um, I don't know, maybe you've got a wizard that, that's done something really great for a god or or some some high level caster who can put this boon on them. I mean, compare that to
1: you gain one ninth level spell slot, provided that you already have one. Yeah, an extra wish a day.
0: Boon of high magic. I mean, it's very how good. Does that
1: compared to a misty step? <laughs> also, <laughs> it's just...
0: there is a um, there's a spell point thing we were talking about last week. Spell point variant of that boon, where you are allowed to create more than one night level spell slot with your spell points because obviously there's a limit so you could basically take that boon and the boon of high magic which is just you get the extra spell slot and put it for six seventh, eighth eight four or you know six seven four eight levels too and use that as a boon for a lower level character
1: yeah i like that I, lo- I like the idea that um oh no i think what i gave the wizard was an extra third level spell slot uh, is the boon they got, mm. which is not like massively game breaking, but at their level, which was like level five, like, it felt very quite huge. Yeah, you know, it was an, that's an extra fireball or whatever. So yeah, you can certainly scale it in that way. There are some that are a bit more thematic. Like I like the immortality one, which basically stops you from aging. Yeah, you can't die from old age, which is basically you know obviously for a monk they get that ability a lot lower level and it's pretty much useless mechanically. But I like it from a narrative point of view, especially if you're transitioning one campaign into the next because then the dm can be like okay we wrap up this campaign we're going to start in the world 200 years
0: later mm. but it's still the same world so i can carry a few things over and then that guy's still alive yeah and he's in like world, all of that... my adventuring party died but i'm still here
1: yeah i I really like that that's pretty uh yeah that could be for i mean he could almost become the villain of the next campaign or a really pivotal uh allied character or whatnot so that's mm-hmm. quite he could fun, become the be luke
0: skywalker on his little island and uh you know, just disappoint everybody.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think, like, what some of the <laughs> encounters a DM would have when you start giving these boons out. Because one's like, okay, you bypass the damage resistances of any creature. Pretty huge, to be honest. Some of those really high-level creatures That's have a, a lot un. of resistances yeah. or, or all-out immunities. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, what, are you just going to be throwing Tarasks at them left, right, and centre? Uh, it's, yeah, it's it, uh, you'd have to get some crazy... I mean, I would really like... I love the idea, especially with Tome of Foes, just come out now, mm-hmm. which has all the demon lords in it, and they're all like between CR twenty and CR twenty six, the highest being the Demigorgon. I think. I love the idea that you, once you get to twentieth level, you just dive into the abyss and you just start taking out all the demon lords. You just do one Demon Lord boss battle per session or whatever for like 10 sessions. Yeah. Just try and see if you can beat them all. Maybe every session you survive, you get one of these boons. Because honestly, some, like...
0: The, well, if you look um, at the demigorgon in its lair, I don't know how you beat that. No, I know. I really and don't know how you beat it. I've been looking at Zugtamoy for various reasons around uh Brom's character and she is she's powerful in her lair and if you there's um with the with Theros being out now and the idea of having mythic encounters, you can make them even bigger and even harder, which would be so much fun for like a quote unquote thirtieth level character who's got loads of boons that they can use as well. Um Yeah, that's pretty fun. Boon of Perilous aim. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah, that this is one I want to talk about. You give yourself a plus twenty bonus to a ranged attack roll that you make. Once you use the boon, you, you... can't use it again for a short rest.
1: That's interesting that they decide to make it a plus twenty instead of just you hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah, why not just you hit them? I guess well, I don't know actually. Now I was gonna say because of like the sharpshooter, but
0: then that doesn't matter. Maybe hit, it's hit anyway, like so. so that you can use it with disadvantage and still hit, or something, so you can shoot out of range.
1: Yeah, but then the other one just says you hit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's nothing all around it. It's just you hit. You hit them. <laughs> yeah, you take a miss into a hit. Okay. So that's. I mean, it's slightly, I suppose, less powerful, but a, a plus twenty. I mean, it's all semantics. You're, you're going to be hitting most things unless you roll like a. Even if you roll like a one, you're still going to. Well, not twenty-one. One, but if you roll a two, you're gonna you're gonna hit because you're going to have like a plus 15 as a level 20 character anyway so yeah that's true
0: yeah it, uh... um i quite like the boon of planar travel for like a, a, if you a, a giving it to a character that's maybe 15th level or something to change your campaign into a planescape campaign. So you choose a plane of existence other than the material plane, you can now use an action to cast the plane shift spell no spell slot or components required tugging yourself only and travel to the chosen plane or from that plane back to the material plane. Once you use it you have to finish a short rest. So you know recharge for an hour and then you're good to go again. So you basically have a character that can just piss off anywhere he wants to in the multiverse. Hmm. <laughs> I like a there's a boon of quick casting, which is basically quick and
1: spell, but you can pick one spell from first to third level, and it always becomes a bonus action instead of an action. I think that's actually more useful for uh, like half casters or melee-focused casters. Uh, so you could, I think even something basic like a paladin. I really like Bless, but I'm probably never going to cast it unless I get the chance to before combat, because it takes a whole turn. Yeah. But if you can just switch that to a bonus action, then you can pretty much always have Bless
0: Up, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. You uh, can get little things like that. Um, a Boon of Spell Mastery too, which obviously the uh, Wizards get around a high level anyway, but that's you take a first level Sorcerer of Warlock or call Wizard spell and you can cast it um, at its lowest level without a spell slot, which is which is a nice little thing. But again, we've we talked about like level caps and the last sort of higher level abilities and how they're a bit naff, and that one's always a bit kind of... Uh, it's just a first level spell though.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's good though for because bear in mind there's no prerequisites here unless specified like in the high magic, the, the ninth level spell slot one that of, of any class. So you could take that as, say, like a fighter, and then you always have shield. Yeah, just permanently. You but be- you essentially have a permanent plus five to your AC. Yeah. So that actually then becomes fairly decent. I mean, I like bonus speed. Your walking speed increases by thirty feet, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can <laughs> and you can use bonus action to dash or disengage, which is a bit like a rogue. You could just, so that's pretty fun. You just become the flash
0: with some classes as well. Some class builds, you just you come so fast. <laughs> yeah, like the monk, you'd end up the one above that is um is my favourite. If you were playing a solo campaign, boon of skill proficiency, you gain proficiency in all skills. <laughs> just all of them. You're just good at
1: everything. man I'm thinking about giving this like one maybe one or two of these boons to some of my villains because that's really fun. Yeah. I love the like
0: uh I, yeah,
1: I I really, really like that. Uh yeah to think about what you, you were gonna say. Then,
0: that.
1: Didn't you? Well I, I could You could flavour that in a lot of ways. I like the idea that you could give that boon of skill proficiency to some sort of special diviner character Mm -hmm. where they're always foreseeing every outcome, so they always succeed, basically. Yeah, they're
0: just good because they know what's going to happen
1: yeah they have all this extra information that others don't i mean then you've got some crappy ones which is just like hey burning hands at will (laughs) brilliant
0: yeah so i think i think what i would say is there are something have a look at this page page 232 um in the dmg and pick out the ones that you think are not going to break your game if you give them to a lower level character and work out how you could use these as rewards and then the ones that are high level like the ninth level spell slot or the (laughs) you proficient in every single skill you can take them and just minimize them change the spell slot down or pick a certain skill that they can or you know maybe they they become proficient in five skills of their choice and like that's a nice little boon that you could give to a 10th level character that just makes them suddenly a little bit more able to cope on their own yeah
1: i love the idea of some of these like a plus 10 bonus to stealth checks pretty actually pretty useless for a rogue to yeah be honest because their stealth's is going to be so excellent anyway but it would be fun to give that out maybe halfway through a campaign to a character that's constantly failing stealth checks. <laughs> it, it might be fun to give it... Say, like, the group are always trying to hide together and then you've got the big clunky fighter in plate mail that's always messing up for everyone. But then... Almost in a, some sort of uh, ironic divine act of justice, he gets this boon and now can actually stealth. It just sort of brings him up to everyone else's capabilities. You've got more stealthy characters in the party. I think that's like an earned reward. I think. Yeah, I
0: like that. I like that a lot. So, how would you go about giving these out if you weren't going to do it with the gods? Because obviously, the easiest way and the way that they say is that you know divine characters can can bestow boons. But what if you wanted to do it with if your god? If maybe your campaign doesn't have much of the gods in it, how would you do it that way?
1: Uh so I would there are a few different ways. In my world, without sort of spoiling too much for you, there's a lot mm-hmm. of divine magic and arcane magic and whatnot. It's it's very intermingled. They're not very uh There's no defined line between them as such in a very clear and cut sense. And it sort of depends on your culture as to what you determine which magic to be and whatnot. So I find that ancient relics, even of like an arcane nature or whatever, could still bestow these kind of abilities because it all sort of stems from very, very similar beliefs and whatnot. So I like the idea that obviously... Warlocks giving out boons like this is pretty fun. Uh, they did that in Critical Role as well, where they essentially gave out extra. Um, oh, what's it called? The abilities that warlocks get. The uh, uh, invocations. Invocations, yeah. So he like Matt gave out an extra invocation that was basically a uh, free single cast of Control Water once a day or something. Oh yeah. Uh, you can do things like that. Extra. And doing it from a warlock perspective because they're just bestowing power anyway is just a very natural way to do it. Yeah, you can do it from the gods and things, but I think that there has to be a more special moment, especially if it's something very powerful, like a, a paladin would have to go on a very special quest to receive a boon. Or I like the idea that maybe a paladin or a cleric is going on a very difficult quest, and so they pray to their gods and whatnot beforehand in a temple, and maybe they get bestowed this boon. Just for this uh, this quest, mm-hmm. Al- almost like a, a magic item that they have to give back. You could almost manifest it in like a physical way that maybe it maybe gives they, them like a tattoo or, or a mark. They get a their...
0: whole halo or something.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, whilst they're beside this quest, but then it, maybe at the end of the quest, their reward could be that they they get to keep it, which could be pretty fun. Uh, so it could be maybe for instance it was something and it could be thematic to that quest so if you're going to fight a fire dragon you could give the fire soul ones it's like yeah free burning hands but also immunity to fire damage right mm. and then if they complete the quest they get to keep that obviously that's pretty mega powerful so be careful in just throwing them out willy-nilly <laughs> or stuff like uh if you maybe you're uh a rogue or whatnot who's also very pious um and you get gifted, or maybe it might not even need to be your pious that you just you're a rogue and you're very stealthy and you're a bit of a trickster and whatnot. So maybe some trickster god or some roguish type god takes an interest in you, mm. maybe even against your will, sort of thing. They're just they are they're looking down upon you whether you like it or not, and they give you that boon of undetectability for a specific heist, yeah, you're do. or maybe they. Maybe this god of trickery or whatnot says, "Hey, my, one of my religious artifacts has been taken by this mobster warlord or whatever. Uh, I want you to go and steal it for me, and I w- and uh, I want to make sure that no one ever knows." Maybe it gives you a very specific set of quests, or it comes in the form of a. I never have like like to have my gods like directly speak to my characters, or very rarely, right? Yeah, I like it to be through some sort of intermediary because it gives a. A degree of separation, and then if they ever do actually speak to you directly, it's much more powerful because it's like, whoa, <laughs> I'm, I've got a direct line here mm-hmm. to uh, to the big God above. Whereas, so maybe it could be his acolytes or whatnot giving you this, and they give you that boon, and you go through and you complete the quest, and then when you give give the item back or whatever, they say, hey, keep the boon. So you can do stuff like that. I think I had keeping it
0: for. Go on. I had for um, Brom. So Brom's got this backs backstory going on that he doesn't really know much about and he's sort of discovering along with the characters which is fun um but zook has chosen him as as something and uh, she appeared to him well it wasn't actually her but her visage appears appeared to him and uh, her her boon in a way her gift to him to try and sort of get him on her side rather than like force him was to bestow him with a special spell so that's another way you can do it so if you've got like a, a spell that you've written that you want to you know it's it's very personalized to a character that can be a boon
1: yeah that's very fun have some sort of custom magic or ability that's like one of a kind in this whole world well another reason i like giving boons as well is because they are not shareable in that Mm that character has that boon. It's not an item that can be passed around. Yeah, It's very intrinsic to that character. It becomes a part of their personality and who they are, right? And then what's more interesting about that is it can't be passed on. So if that character dies or there's a TPK or whatever, that boon is gone forever. That's a permanent loss. Whereas generally, if a, if a character has like good magic items and whatnot, unless it's a complete TPK, if they die, those magic items will be passed on, I mean, what, the first thing you do when a party member dies is loot their corpse. <laughs> you know?
0: it's,
1: just, it's just the way, the callous way D&D works. He would want me but, to take his plus three great sword, okay? Exactly. It's what he would have wanted. Exactly. And so, and so, uh, but you can't do that with Boons. No. They are to that character. So, like, for instance, in my campaign, when the party broke up and those two characters with Boons left, it was a bit of a loss because that power bump was gone forever. Mm. And so, it's. It, I think it makes players covet their characters more and uh, yeah like for instance if uh, Ford in a um, quick roll now died he could make the exact same character next time round but it would be less powerful because it doesn't have that boon that is something that only, only Ford he, has yeah and he got probably would be better next time round
0: because his, his build <laughs> his build's not that great but uh, <laughs> you always have something to say about someone's build you know look
1: okay little side note here because I've got I've got to say oh, all right go on so he gets up to, uh, like... Oh, what is it? He gets ninth a 10th wizard A 9th
0: uh, Warlock, I think he was.
1: Oh, yeah, he gets a 9th Warlock, okay. Um, was it 9th or 10th?
0: Yeah, because he hasn't got any Mister Arcanums.
1: Do you get those at 10th? You or get 11? your first
0: one at 11th, and a 10th is the ability, ability skill boost, I think.
1: Okay, so anyway, he was basically... Whatever level he was, he was one below getting... Um, a decent bump, basically. A big bump. What he was going to get was either an extra spell slot, I think was at 10th, and at 11th he'd get an Arcanum, but he would also get a plus 5 to each swing on his sword, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is pretty huge, because you need to take that invocation to keep up with Eldritch Blast now getting 3 Blasts. Mm-hmm. Otherwise it becomes actually less effective as a uh hex blade to swing your blade than it does you might as well just eldritch blast at that point especially if you've got uh, agonizing blast and so which ford does have so you really need to take that but then just before he's about to either get this extra spell slot or this big bump he multi-classes into into paladin mm-hmm. and i'm like just one more level just one more level and okay i thought okay maybe what he's doing this is what he's doing he's gonna get to uh He's going to get to maybe sixth level in, fifth level in Paladin, so he gets multi attack, right? Mm-hmm. And then when he, he'll he take another level of Warlock, that way he can drop the multi attack invocation from Warlock. Yeah. It's no longer serving him. Yeah. And that'll be really optimized. He doesn't do that because then two levels later, he jumps back into Warlock. And I'm like, okay, what are you doing? Okay, at least he's going to get the power bump now. And he doesn't take the invocation that gives him the plus five. Each sword swing, Ben. Why? <laughs> why, the... <laughs> why? Uh, I'll
0: tell you why because they focus uh, on the story, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they, do. They, they do focus on the
1: story. It just, it just hurts me because I'm like, you could be so much more effective yeah, right now. Mm-hmm. And they clearly want to be effective, they enjoy doing well in combat. Yeah, <sighs> they're just not you, Joe. That's the problem. And K- Caleb never took Wall of Force, or nope. he took, you know, he has hypnotic pattern and he's cast it once in the entire
0: campaign yeah i know i know that's just (sighs) so going away from critical roll. there is (laughs) (laughs) because because i know you'll you'll roll down a rabbit hole um there's one more thing i want to say about boons and that is i think a really fun way to give them to your characters especially if they are Uh, Not those 20th level epic boons, the smaller ones, is to do it by using your NPCs. So maybe if you're going to give out five skill proficiencies, maybe... um you know they've helped the mayor out at 10th level of a town and they've saved it and he says do you know what you were talking about how you want to be better in in life at this this and this i've got a guy who can train you and they have a week of downtime and they get trained in those skills and they get that boon of proficiency or maybe um the wizard of the party impresses the town mage and he says do you know what you've done something good for me, you've done this quest, I'm going to teach you how to use the flow of magic and grant you an extra spell slot and things like that. So there are smaller ways to bring them in that aren't like godly. And the way I
1: would do it, for instance, like that, if a a wizard wanted to give a character some more magical potential Mm. and you wanted to do it as a boon, if it was a magic character, I would give them, obviously, either a unique spell or whatnot, or an extra spell slot of a meaningful level. Yeah. So... uh. I always liked the boon. I had an idea that you could basically give whatever the highest spell slot of that character is. Say they're fifth level and it's third, you give them an extra spell slot, right? Of third level. So, yeah. yeah, and then once they become their highest spell slot is fourth, you lose that th- extra third level slot and it becomes a fourth slot or whatever, right? Okay. So, so you always have a little bit, and then obviously once you get to ninth level, that means you have two ninth level spell slots. So uh that's quite that's quite strong I, but then i also like the idea if it's a non-magical character like a fighter or whatever you could give them uh the magic initiate feat for free mm. uh, so that's like a couple cantrips first level spell they could get a familiar for advantage on some attacks they could get shield whatever and just having i like the idea that you have a mostly martial character with just like a little flavor of magic mm. i think that that's pretty fun as well so uh that's a little way you can do it. And I like to customize it depending on again what class they are, what type of character that they are. Uh obviously I wouldn't really ever give anyone a boon that um it's okay to give characters boons, I think, that are not directly increasing their power level, i.e., I'm not giving the fighter another extra attack and whatnot, but I'm I'm giving them utility that they can use yeah. that might be outside the scope of what they can currently do so giving the fighter a bit of magic or whatnot can be really helpful to them yeah giving the fighter the ability to uh whack up a shield or absorb elements or whatever it's going to be huge you give the wizard that it's not as big because they already have so much uh capability to do those things anyway mm-hmm. um but I would never give a character something that's going to be completely out of their remit to the point where it's not really going to be that useful to them. That's why I never fully randomize these things. I always like to customize them and make them somewhat specific to the character. I don't want to give a character... Like magic items, you can roll completely on magic item tables, but I just don't think it's particularly fun mm-hmm. that the players come across a great, an excellent greatsword when no one uses a greatsword in the party. Yeah, It's just like... I guess we can sell, sell this then. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not fun. So I like to customise
0: them at least a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I get it completely. Well, look, there's lots there. There's lots of um, options for, for giving rewards as boons, either Epic or otherwise. So use them. Absolutely go and use them in your games. Um, that was that was good fun, Joe. That was good fun. Oh, one more other thing I do want to point out, because oh. I've been thinking about this
1: a long time. Go on. I'll say a long time like last week, ever since I saw it on Reddit. I just saw a build that I'm kicking myself. I never thought of myself. Oh, God, okay. what oh, is it? this point? It's a completely pointless build. It's based entirely around a single attack. Once you do this single attack, you're pretty much a useless <laughs> character. But these are like, the fun builds that I like. Right. So, Ben, you take two levels Grave Cleric, okay? Uh-huh. You, you get the Channel Divinity, which essentially makes a creature... Uh, vulnerable to the next attack, uh-huh. right? For whatever next damage type they have, then you take uh, 18 levels of assassin rogue. So you hit the creature, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh,
1: well, okay. So you do this. You set this up first. So You stealth. You you do this channel divinity, which doesn't break your stealth, uh, and then on the next turn you hit the creature. Okay. So you do say your 10d6 sneak attack damage, mm-hmm. right? Plus a D4, or say so, whatever for a dagger, mm-hmm. but then that's doubled because they're vulnerable to the damage, right? Mm-hmm. So that's actually 20d6. Let's keep it simple here, <laughs> right? Okay, yeah. But you're an assassin, yeah, so you automatically crit, which means like that's double. Surprise! So that's 40d6, 40d6, uh, f- right? plus 4d4. But, but at 17th level, as an assassin, they have to roll a con check or just instantly outright die, okay? But if they don't die, the damage is doubled again. Eighty D six, Ben. <laughs> 80, 80 D six and and eight D four. Yeah, yeah. Uh so I completely point once you've done that, you basically are not really useful from that point on.
0: But I mean it's a good way to start a deal. fight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do that to a do that to a demon lord and you're laughing. <laughs> yeah yeah
1: I like th- I, I love the idea of that character that just maybe literally goes around assassinating God uh, <laughs> with a single hit
0: with a dagger that they got off the flea market
1: <laughs> yeah it's just a rusty old dagger
0: that's probably like, why it hurts so much is that you give him th- fucking tetanus <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> can gods suffer from disease uh, oh
0: I don't know oh, yeah. fantastic I just thought I'd point that out it's a fun little build I saw well that's uh on that bombshell as they say on Top Gear We'll, uh, do they say that anymore I don't even know we'll leave it there um, look get involved uh, drop us a message on twitter at we speak common you can check us out at we speak common or you can email us at we speak common at hotmail dot com it's just we speak common plus whatever version of the place you want to go to um, go to our Twitter if you want to get involved in this giveaway for the Arcane Prism sets and check out the Dice Dungeon website and if you do pop anything from their new Nebula collection into your basket use the code WESPEEDCOMEN on checkout and you'll get 10% off your order cool there you go, there you go. Um,
1: thanks Joe this was fun it's true. Yeah, it's been good, Ben. Right. It's good. And, and get
0: that free stuff, okay? Yeah. Uh, you've you've struggled along this long. You might as well be rewarded. I mean, look, rope. at this all point, right? you've got to get through to episode 100 to see if you're a winner or not. So, you know, you might as well stick with us for a bit longer. Yeah, and I'm not, you
1: know, and I'm not saying you can just skip to 100 either. You've got to, you know, listen along, all right? Mm-hmm. Those are the, the rules. We'll know yeah. if you don't oh, yeah. somehow.
0: Well, we we'll, we get statistics. We'll see if there's a dip in episode <laughs> 99. <laughs> 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 okay all right uh, okay see you later thanks for listening today if you like the podcast do us a favor leave us a like or review on your platform of choice and share us with your friends you can get in touch with us on twitter at we speak common or through the email we speak at hotmail.com The music in the podcast is Street Dancing by Timecrawler82 and is licensed under an attribution license CC by NC. You can find it on the Free Music Archive.